You've just entered the Disaster Tough podcast, the place for emergency managers, first responders, and humanitarians who want to get the job done. Stories, lessons, and tips are provided by field experts. I'm your host, John Scardina, owner of Doberman Emergency Management and former federal emergency response official who's responded to some of the most extreme disasters. Disaster Tough is our mantra. It combines experience, training, and analytics in order to be successful at any stage within the disaster life cycle. It means being a professional in emergency and disaster services. Doberman Emergency Management lives by this. If your organization needs to fill a gap, please contact us. We can help. Contact info is in the show notes. We also support other products and organizations that will increase your ability. For example, if you fight wildfires, hurricanes, a pandemic, any disaster in the field, at a hospital or command center, listen up. You're missing out if you do not use L3 Harris for your radio comms. They are secure, portable, mobile, and scalable, which is great news for us in the field. A truly disaster-tough radio system. Check out the XL family of radios by clicking on the show notes or simply go to L3Harris.com. When you think of situational awareness, you need to think of Futurity IT. They are disaster tough because they saw a gap and figure out how to close it by creating the Orion and Athena applications. Situational awareness is all about speed, coordination, and accuracy of information. Futurity IT's Orion app collects and provides preliminary damage assessments and integrates all incident action plan documents with WebEOC. The Athena app allows for planning, contact tracing, and customizable group coordination in every single phase of the disaster lifecycle. The best part? Futurity IT made both applications extremely intuitive. It's so easy to use. Click on the show notes today to schedule a free demo. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's your host, John Scardina. I am so excited for this episode for so many reasons. Man, I am on the West Coast. I live in California. I get to talk to experts all over the country, but finally I get to talk to somebody at home in California. You know this. California gets blasted by all kinds of disasters all the time. Not only just the pandemic last year, but the wildfires. You see that on the news all the time. And so we get to talk to a true expert, Lee Dory. He's the Chief of Response to Support Operations for the state of California at Cal OES. He's on the show with me right now. Lee, welcome to the show. Hey, John. Thanks so much. And uh, thanks to uh, my fellow emergency management colleagues for listening in today. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we have about 20,000 people tuning in, which is pretty incredible. And they could really use your 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 experience and your 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 know-with-all, right? And so last time we talked, you talked, you used this term that I really liked. You talked about how at Cal OES, you guys have become battle-hardened through so many different responses. And you yourself were already battle-hardened before this last year. Can you kind of just give us a breakdown for those emergency managers listening across the country or, you know, global? We have a we have people in Austria and people Japan and uh, Australia who like to tune in too. So that's kind of funny. But can you just kind of give us a rundown of how you were led into OES and then what you're doing now? Yeah, thanks, John, very much. And again, um, it's truly an honor and a privilege to be in the business of emergency management, homeland security, and to work at one of the finest uh, organizations, I believe, in the world here at Cal OES. Um, I've been a, almost a 28-year state employee and had 10 years of private sector experience in the past. Um, I found myself initially here at OES in our old building way off of uh, south of here, off of Meadowview Road in 1997 as a public information officer helping with the, the 97 floods that uh, greatly impacted the Central Valley here of California. And that's where I really got the bug for emergency management and public safety. Um, I transitioned initially to the California Department of Corrections uh, and Rehabilitation, uh, working primarily on the vocation uh, uh, side of the business, not on the correctional side, mm. but uh, on rehabilitation. Uh, spent 11 almost years there. And my first taste, actually officially of OES, I was the chief of procurement, logistics, facilities, and fleet here at OES. It wasn't Cal OES. Uh, we moved to uh, become an agency known as Cal EMA and merged with the Office of Homeland Security. And then uh, in 2012-13, we actually became the California Governor's Office of Emergency Services again. Um, and I came back to OES. Uh, following a, a, a second stint at Corrections mm -hmm. on an executive assignment. And for the last seven and a half years, I've been the chief of response. Well, 
I've been the chief of state operations, response operations, and uh, response support operations, and just finished a 22-month uh, uh, acting assignment as our coastal region administrator supporting 16 coastal operational areas or counties. So it's been great, though. Um, uh, and yes, we are battle-hardened. Mm, yeah, so let's just talk about that real quick, because we tell emergency managers that emergency management is kind of hard to define because you have so many different aspects of emergency management you can do. Yeah. And I just want to call out that you've come full circle by doing PIO and now you're talking on this podcast. And so it's full circle for you. But, you know, you really have covered so many different areas, whether it's working on the coastal communities with those coastal communities, especially the tribes. We, you know, we're at Doberman. We're really proud that we get to work with tribal nations. We're doing PSPS plans. That's uh, public safety power shutoff plans for, for some tribes out here. And we're just we're just plowing forward, but you really have worked in so many different areas of not just planning and logistics, but operations and leading those operations. It's just really incredible. And so over a span of a, a career, and you're still going full time, obviously. Um, talk us through some of those maybe those defining moments. What are some uh, disasters or ev- events that like oh this is this is going to be a pivotal moment in my career kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Um Initially, there's been some major fires in California. Um, when I joined the organization first in 2008, um, we had 2,000 fires burning here in California. A thousand were left to burn, uh, and they were both federal responsibility areas, state responsibility, local and private uh, sector responsibilities. And so that was really a, a big foray. Um, and then uh, we we also in California we support through the Emergency Management Assistance Compact. Uh, as well as um, through interstate agreements and international agreements. Um, we've supported Chile uh, with uh, both of their earthquakes, uh, with sending resources and, and staff. We've uh, certainly supported Mexico. Uh, we have agreements with Mexico, agreements with uh, Canada, agreements with uh, Australia, Queensland, wow. Australia, uh, learning from them of uh, disaster uh, response, uh, fires, and drought. Um, Earthquakes, certainly, uh, certainly we were engaged in supporting Japan with uh, Fukushima and uh, the Japanese earthquakes uh, and just continuing to do fires, floods. Uh, now in our business, civil unrest. I mean, Cal OES is an all hazards organization. Um, we're not under, um, we're, we're in our own office. We're not, for instance, under uh, the military department um, or uh, 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 law enforcement office where we comprise so many things and we manage $2 billion in federal grants as well. So it's a very complex organization of about a little over 1300 employees, uh, spanning across California, um, doing great work like all of you do as well. Um, and it, again, it's a privilege and honor. Um, there's just so many things, uh, a couple of things that stand out, um, Orville dam, um, that was uh, here in California. It's one of our large dams in Northern California. Um, you know, and we had tremendous uh, flooding, uh, rain and, and potential. And uh, that was difficult. The Napa earthquake in 2014, uh, the campfire, uh, certainly the fires that happened in Sonoma and Napa in 2017. I, it's just, it's constant as an all hazard. So we're looking at, you know, your, your, your standard all hazard. Uh, uh, response for, you know, man-made and natural caused disasters and respectfully, like all of you, pre-planned events. Uh, we're planning for the Super Bowl, uh, next, uh, year, uh, here in California. We're planning for the Olympics mm. in 2028 already. Um, we have the potential for host cities for the World Cup in 2026. So, um, you know, in our business, it's never a dull moment. Um, one of the greatest things I can share with all of you that's, I think an important part of being prepared uh, and being able to go through the cycle. And John, you're right. I've worked in every section. I've been a chief in every section, uh, except finance admin. They don't let me touch the money. Um, <laughs> although our friends in finance admin readily admit they're the most important section uh, in this business <laughs> because without them, we wouldn't be able to operate. And that's very true. Mm. Uh, God bless our finance admin friends and the federal government for giving us some money. Yeah. But, I'm, um, seriously. A lot of good memories. Yeah, so, well, your name is some of those, and I've I've been there at Cal OES with you on some of those disasters. Yeah. And talk about never a dull moment. Um, there is, let's see, out of the 
I don't know. I've been to most of state EOCs in the country, and I would say Cal OES is definitely like I don't like to rank them, but I'll put them in tiers. And because uh, no discredit to any of the other state, but Cal OES stands out. I mean, it is it is battled hardened people with a very large operation, and depending who you talk to, either the fifth or the sixth largest economy in the world. I mean, we're, we're what forty four million people. Forty million people are in Tokyo, so that's kind of a a crazy uh comparison but if you look at like just the amount of space um that california takes up and and the potential for disaster and man-made events and and so many uh, you know population centers it's just amazing of like what your 1300 members crew has to take care of and it really does justify these giant numbers just because the state is so big right yeah, and again, uh, we leverage our partnerships. Um, through the Emergency Services Act we have here in California, we have the opportunity to mission task all other state departments and agencies. So certainly the, the staff from those teams are complementary. Um, it's all hands on deck. I, I truly believe, um, you know, uh, what Craig Fugate talked about with whole community, um, it takes all of us. And the one thing, if there's anything I can tell everyone that's listening today, um, is to build your relationships, build strong partnerships across um, every discipline uh, and even disciplines in the private sector and nonprofit sector, not just within public health and medical or law or fire, but those um, outliers potentially that you may think are outliers, but looking at your access and functional needs communities, um, looking at um, in areas that uh, in the rural populations where there are greater need and less budgets for the local government. Um, and just building those relationships from the ground up. And the neat thing to me, John, um, you know, like uh, we've had the privilege to work together, uh, as those, those relationships flourish and partnerships flourish, they turn into friendships and, um, and trusted friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I have learned is I, I didn't believe this before. Not everybody gets along in this business. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> you know, I, thought yeah. we all, I thought we all kumbaya, we all got along really well, but there's, there's a lot of baggage and mm. I'd like to think that we depoliticize emergency management. We understand as emergency managers, um, no matter where you come from, that politics plays a key role in this at the local state, federal regional levels. Um, and, and certainly we try to manage that to the best of our ability through, uh, relationships with our legislators, our, our public officials, um, our business leaders here in California and beyond and so on. But, um, you know, just, just build those relationships. That's probably the greatest advice I can give you. Have great foundational plans, um, executable plans that are realistic, um, that are risk-based, and, uh, and leverage, you know, what you've learned from your hazard mitigation planning all the way through your, your planning of preparedness, such as our catastrophic plans. And all these things I talk about are online. They're readily available. Um, we'd like to think that California is one of the leaders, but I'll tell you, there's, I've learned so much from, uh, national and international fellow state partners, whether it be in Texas or Florida or, uh, Georgia or, uh, up North in New York city and New York and, mm. and elsewhere. So you all are great out there. It's just, you know, we all have, um, uh, areas of improvement and things that we can do better. Corrective actions learned through the after action process and hot washing. But, um, you know, I mean, I think we've been successful here since 1950 uh, and and beyond because we've put in place some really solid plans, executable plans. We've trained them. We do a lot of training with our team. Um, as you know, John, we've mirrored um, uh, the national IMAT and the regional IMAT program. So we have our own incident support teams that I have the privilege to lead here that are rapid response teams. And behind that, we have 600 staff that have varying levels of emergency management, homeland security training, and they're battle hardened not only here in the room behind me, which is our state operations center uh, that I'm, I have the privilege to be in today with our media room, but um, more importantly, they're out in the field. Today, they're in Alameda and Oakland. They're, they're out in Los Angeles. They're down in San Diego at the border. Um, we're preparing for potential civil unrest. Uh, you know, I mean, we're just prepared for any and everything uh, that we do, and that's using the state threat assessment system, our Homeland Security teams, our fire and law teams, um, our tactical communications teams, 
anything and everything. But um, some of you may not be aware, and I'm, I hate to keep talking because I know you have a lot of questions. No, this is, this is uh, all you, man. But I, I'm passionate about this, this whole thing. I, I love what I do. I'm one of those crazy, dumb people that, um, that are in it all day long. I think we have a lovely wife of 38 years that tolerates me being in the business of emergency management and working at this great, amazing organization with outstanding senior leadership. But, you know, we have a solid um, emergency management rules, regulations, policies, procedures in place. We have foundational government in the sense that, you know, we stood up the standardized emergency management system following the 1991 Oakland Hills fire that we lost 3,000 homes and over 20 lives. Uh, and that was, uh, that's really um, respective of what we've learned. We're in the process of rewriting that. Uh, we leverage incident command, uh, that structure. And the cool thing about our organization day to day, our organization is actually broken up in the five primary sections of response directorate, recovery directorate, uh, uh, finance admin directorate, management or executive directorate. Uh, and gosh, forget, I don't want to forget logistics directorate or I, I want to, they will not let you forget it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But we, our day-to-day operations, that's what our, you know, organization is. And that was really driven by our director, uh, uh, director Mark Ilarducci. Um, and his theme that we've all respectfully adopted is one team, one fight. And I'd like to say all of your listeners today and all of the people here today, um, we're part of this emergency management family and, uh, and cooperatively, uh, collaboratively, um, we may not all get along. We may not all have the same path, but we set goals and objectives and priorities for every every mission that we we take on, and uh, and off we go. And um, and I would just say, you know, if you can do that, use the planning P, use every every means of the incident command system and structure, and the national incident management system that exists, or those things that exist in your your states, your jurisdictions. Um, and believe in what you do. Um, and when you have to take a step back, I mean, I've been activated, um, a significant amount. Um, I've really not taken a, an official day off for over 400 days. Um, you know, I can, it just seems like yesterday that we were planning for the Wuhan flight, uh, and, um, uh, and into, you know, first Alaska. And then it came down to uh, officially, uh, Riverside County after Ontario, uh, um, decided that wasn't the right place for the plane to land. And since that time, you know, for COVID, we've been deeply involved, coupled with, um, again, we had in 2020, California experienced historic wildfires. Um, and believe me, we have a lot of wildfires, uh, but this was historic for us. So multi-incident response, civil unrest, um, election security, uh, public safety power shutoff that our uh, IOUs, which are our our public power companies, uh, uh, rolling blackouts, um, cybersecurity. We've had a lot of cyber issues, as you all know, that we face. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of bad people out there that um, cause a lot of problems for us. It's not just the natural disasters that, uh, you know, we get. It's unfortunately the, the man-made disasters, too. So we think about those, and we think of all we lost, all the people we lost, um, the family members, uh those people that mean so much to us. And again, I want to set aside politics and everything else and just look at the humanitarian and just think about our mission is we protect lives and property uh, and, uh, and support communities uh, for a resilient California. Mm. And that's really our overarching mission here. Um, and I would just say, whatever your mission, your vision, your values, your goals and priorities, um, you know, if they're, if they're good, then, you know, go forward with them if they need to, if your strategic plan needs to be updated for your organization, um, based on what you do, no matter what you do. Um, and I would even say, take, take stock of yourself. Um, now is, I think the best time I'm, I'm sad. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit older as you can tell. Um, 35. Exciting time for, I, I, yeah, uh, let's add that. I don't feel like I'm, (laughs) My knees feel like they're about 90, but, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm 61 mm. and I, I, there are many, of, I feel like I'm 30 sometimes. And sometimes I do feel like I'm 90, but we keep going. But I would just say it's a great time for young people, especially to be in this business and, and, yes. you know, um, the opportunities for education and training are there. 
Yeah, for sure. You you touched on so many different areas that I that I want to follow up on, but the 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 one yeah the the one Sorry. thing no I love it. I, that's what, this is why that's I talk to experts. Me. This is why I talk to experts because I want to hear from you. I people get what I, the phrase I like a lot is people aren't sick when you're talking or people aren't happy when you're talking. They're happy when they're talking, and I feel that way about my podcast. People aren't happy when I'm talking. They're happy when you're talking. So, um, that that. There's there's really two elements I'm going to pull out from what you just said there because Cal OES is one of the most robust emergency management agencies, departments, whatever you want to call it, in the country, let alone the world. I mean, very well organized. And it's for a good reason. You've, there's been a lot of incidents. You've called them out of why you've had to do that. But there are a lot of groups. I've been to states where they have, in my opinion, next to no resiliency because they don't have enough they haven't gotten the right funding or they don't have that that relationship with politicians or they historically don't have disasters and all of a sudden with climate change and everything happening it's like there's a shift and so they're starting to figure out so what you just said there is critically important because you literally just laid out the steps of how to create an emergency management department and so if you're listening to the show right now step number one is go back what you literally just heard and start taking notes because if you want a really robust, really productive, successful emergency management group, uh, you know we just heard it directly from Lee. The other thing that you just called out, you used the exact right word that I try to push very hard, and you said humanitarian. And um, the best emergency managers at heart are humanitarians. We protect life, property, and continuity of operations. Anything outside of that. Is not really our, our scope of work. You know, we're not trying to figure out how a company can make more money. We're trying to keep the company's doors open so they can make money. We're not. We're not. We don't care. You know, your your choice of lifestyle as long as you're still able to live in your home and you're alive, right? So, like you just perfectly called that out. However, I do want to. I want to get your opinion on this because you say we're not. You know, we're we're staying away from the political, and this show does for sure. However, emergency managers need to be able to work with our political counterparts. We are that stopgap between policymakers and boots on the ground, right? And so if you're listening to the show right now, and if I'm asking Lee, how do you work? Let's say I'm a very local emergency manager. I need to work with my, my mayor, or I even need to work for the state. As somebody who has so much experience and really great at building those relationships, you just talked all about relationships. That's the entire job, right? How do I yep. start from the ground one? How do I start with working with people who, you know, don't necessarily like me? They think I'm a doomsday prepper, right? Like they don't really understand what emergency management is. How do you do that? How do you switch? Well, let me let me first start um, by th- saying that I take to heart that I'm a public servant. I work for the people of California. I work for the governor um, and our le- our leaders that um, I have the privilege to, to work for here in Calaria. So. Um, no matter if you're a public servant or uh, part of a nonprofit, whatever it may be, um, you work for somebody. Mm. Um, and at the end of the day, um, not that I, I set aside politics, please don't get me wrong, but we're very fortunate here. We, um, we have outstanding programs. We have literature. Um, we have a legislative staff that meets with all of our elected officials. Um, we have uh, key processes and training available, meetings. Um, one of the great things that we've done is um, we've built up relationships with the League of California Cities and the California Association of Counties mm. and uh, and really building those relationships. But I can just give you a recent example. Working in the coastal region as the lead state official for emergency response, um, I did interact with significant amount of senators, assembly members, congressional members, uh, local politicians, mayors, so on. And at the end of the day, it's just building a trusted relationship. Um, it really does get down Absolutely. to that. It, it is making sure that elected officials know who you are, know who to call. Um, we can't stop uh, by any means what an elected official at any level is going to say or do. Um, sometimes we, we try to be as proactive to help get them trained and help them understand the processes, the laws. Uh, and it's not just respectfully the elected official. It's all of their staff. Uh, and we yeah. greatly respect we greatly respect their position. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm used to saying honorable uh, and yes, sir and yes, ma'am. Um, and I would say make sure that you use good. Um, make sure you know how to you know how to you know even if 
like I'm really great friends with the tag here in California, David Baldwin. Mm. But, you know, he and I, you know, hey, Dave, what's going on when we're in a private space? But when we're out and about, um, I always respectfully say, you know, uh, General Baldwin, you know, yes, sir, no, sir. Um, yet we're good friends. And I would say that too. Make sure that you understand the, um, the titles um, and the rules and laws. And it's just hoping having open, honest conversation and leveraging those individuals that you may have in your company or your jurisdiction that have greater legislative knowledge. Um, there's a lot of wonderful programs. Uh, it's just like communications and public affairs. Sometimes you have a microphone shoved in your face. And even though your PIO shop says, you know, don't speak on behalf of the agency. And believe me, I try, you know, you can't say no comment. But, you know, what I would say is, look, I have, I would love to talk to you. Um, but there's someone that, that has so much more information and is ready for you to talk to right here. And that's mm-hmm. our wonderful public information team. So not to defer, defer deflect, but um, getting to know those, those individuals. And sometimes it is reactionary. Um, they've said something, they've done something, they want to jump into the environment um, that they face, and we um, work closely with them. But trying to build those relationships, using your legislative affairs offices, um, having uh, policies and procedures, having training for local leaders and, and politicians at all levels. Um, uh, I've gone to several congressional uh, discussions and, and open forums that they've invited me to. So it's just really building, they're just people. Mm. At the end of the day, and you may have a, a 180 degree difference with the, their their position, but if you can just bring it back to, I'm here as a, as a, someone that can help support uh, our people, and you know, respective of the animals. Uh, I mean, we've had great impacts to all of our animals, and you might say, well, why is that, Lee? Well, California's economy is driven significantly by the farming and agricultural business and livestock and business as well, mm. but on the, at the bottom line, people love their pets. Um, I love my pets. Um, they're like family to me, and they're a part of, of that. So it's not just looking at the people. It's looking at the critical infrastructure. It's looking at, um, again, access and functional needs is critical. Um, I think it's a key partner in us and all those underserved communities that we, again, we're public servants. And... Um, I mean, I have 40 million bosses, basically. <laughs> that's a lot of bosses. My, my, my wife being number one. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Number one taxpayer yeah. is your wife. <laughs> 38 uh, years of marriage. I've learned well. I have only been married eight years. It'll be eight years in, uh, in May. And I would like to exponentially grow that number. Um, and so, yeah, she's also my best friend, which makes it really easy to... Uh, to continue on that. So, um, yeah. And, and you bring up a good point. I hate to interrupt you, but, yeah. um, sometimes emergency managers, uh, sometimes in this business as in general, whether you're police, your law, your fire, um, your Homeland security, your emergency management, public health, so on. Um, sometimes we forget about our family and our daily lives. So I would, I would strongly encourage each of you to try dearly to find that work life balance. Um, I thankfully have a, a, a lovely spouse, a wonderful person that um, tolerates me being in this business. Um, and I've had two children that we've raised now that are adults doing their own thing. But be there for your family. Um, be there for yourself. Take the time you need, especially right now. Um, it's critical. The stress levels, the, you know, it, it's just find time for yourself and, and those you love and care for and um, your neighbors. And, uh, and even those people that you don't know, but, um, you know, most importantly, you know, again, thanks for what you do, you know, um, we're a whole community, like I said, and we're a family. Yeah. And, and emergency managers are able to bond because we are, anybody who has a, has a job where that job requires them to sacrifice personal X, you take time, family, whatever you, you bond really well. And you were talking earlier about, um, about personality types. One of my favorite stories, uh, personal stories I have, and it's, I don't know if it's like a really exciting story per se, but it's, um, it's a highlight for me of, um, he's actually been on the show is Kevin Coleman. And Kevin Coleman was a resource leader on the national IMAT. And I joined the team. He'd already been on the team. And 
we are a hundred percent different. I mean, if I if I like the color green, he must like the color red. If I want to go fast, he likes to go slow. If he, and we we are a hundred percent different. And um, at at the beginning, honestly, uh, let's be real, we're adults. We don't we have different interests. You know, I like football. He likes hockey, kind of thing. And in fact, he's actually a ref for hockey, so call that out. But uh, we didn't get along. Like we kind of avoided each other because of that. And you know, adults do. You kind of gravitate toward who who you like. But once we got out to the disaster, the the one thing, the the probably the only thing that we're similar on is our work ethic. That guy is a beast. I mean, he's extremely organized. He does his job very well. He's definitely an expert in the country. He actually just got another job. So congratulations, Kevin. Oh, and cool. Yeah, and because of that. I I hopefully I have that same reputation. I will work till my dying breath to get the job done because I'm a humanitarian. I want to get the job done. That's like my only motivation. And so we we were in a disaster and people were taking vacations in the disaster and people didn't want to like they already had a vacation plan so they left and another person was just like being lazy and then what emerged was like these two guys who were just like, you know, head down going and my respect for him went through the roof and i i think that's kind of what happened and after that we developed a great friendship again he's still totally different than me and that's okay because we're we found that one thing and so my advice to people is if you're not getting along or if you're trying to work with that politician that mayor who sees you as the doomsday prepper the the one thing you might have in common is that you are both married or the one thing you might have in common is that like i don't know name x like you can just find one thing and that's what i would say is that's the beginning that's the nucleus of building a relationship with people as emergency manager if you're not able to build relationships you are in the wrong business i don't care how talented you are it, you have to work with people to be able to help people and so really really great call outs there lee of like everything you do and the other thing i now i'm talking too much is uh is um, one thing that inst- was instilled to me as a Midwest boy from Ohio, go Bucks, was that anytime you address somebody, whether you know them or don't, you say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. And I've traveled around the country and the most, the most bashful people or the most, uh, I, I don't you name any, any issue you have, they'll say, oh, I'm not a sir or don't call me ma'am. Right, you're like, and and that's like the worst that absolutely happens. So you can do a funny joke with that. It's like, uh, you know, like, oh, don't call me ma'am. I'm like, oh, do you want me to call you lady? Come here, lady. And like, they they laugh and you have a good conversation with it. But like, um, they will never look at you and say, hey, like, um, I'm now offended that you, uh, you know, address me appropriately or using their title, you know, Mister, Miss, whatever, or whatever they choose to go with. Um, but I, I, I think that really helped, has helped me out in my career, honestly. And, um, manners, manners matter. Manners matter. um, Yeah. I, I I was raised, um, to respect my elders. I was raised to open doors. I was raised to, um, to say yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And to snap to it. Um, I, I, I was raised, uh, in a low income, uh, blue collar family. And I've worked since I was. 10 years old, mm. um, at doing some type of job uh, and put myself through college. Um, and you know, again, manners matter. And so I, like I said, do, it's just like walking into an interview, you guys. And I, you raise a wonderful point. Um, you try to find common ground, especially for those individuals that you may have again, 180 degree opposite approach. You walk into an interview and you're always told, especially if it's in someone's office, is look on the wall, look around, uh, maybe on the desk, and find something that is common. And then start the conversation, whether it's a, a team, a sports team, a family picture, um, whatever, I mean, oddball things that you could find. And it's true in emergency management. At the end of the day, we're all human beings. Um, and, and I'll tell you, having had the privilege also to work with Kevin, uh, mm. I I, I guess I'm really lucky because I've worked with significant amount of regional IMATs and I worked with all three national IMAT teams at one time or another. Mm. Um, actually, Tito still owes me some favors for getting his <laughs> team cleared 
uh, as the East two team that, you know, now is, I guess, red, white, and blue or whatever they're yeah, called now, but they, they rebrand um, like it's a drop I, of hat. Yeah. I, I want to take into battle with me, different individuals. And, um, I think a team leader, no matter what level you are, you're a coach, you're a mentor, you're a father, a mother, you're all those things. But what you need to do is understand those talents, understand those differences and highlight those things, put the right people in the right place to do the right job and be, be willing to make those tough calls. And if someone is not performing, um, uh, you know, to take, um, appropriate action, but do so in a sensitive, um, considerate manner, always be fair and equitable, always look out for, um, those of your teammates, uh, that, you know, maybe struggling, uh, because we don't know. I, I just was talking to a, a local fire official this morning, our safety officer here. He's actually sitting right behind me, a uh, 16-year member of the Arenda Moraga Fire Department, uh, John uh, Binsley. And we talked briefly about, um, I don't want to go to a, a funeral, and I've, I've sadly been to many, to, and learn about who you are. Um, I want to know who you are now. I want to know about your other interests. So sit down and have a cup of coffee or I don't drink coffee, but have a soda pop or a bottle of water or whatever it may be and get to know the people you're working with and try to respect and understand the differences and leverage the, the, the good that comes out of that and not take it um, in the basement. Formerly, there was a program called Meta Leadership out of Harvard University, and the leaders there that were teaching it talked about um, in emergency management, um, our brains go in the basement anytime something negative is happening and, and pull yourself up and raise yourself and try to look for the positive. Um, that's how I approach every day of my life. First and foremost, I'm happy I get up every day. Um, and I have the privilege to come to work and, and, uh, and yet I, I think about my home and my family and, um, uh, my dad that I care for, who's a world war two vet. And you know, those, the, the things that make you happy in life mm. and, um, you know, Kevin is an amazing young man. All the team members of the national IMAT team uh, and the regional teams are fully dedicated. Um, but if I were anybody out there, get a, an assortment of fun, exciting, motivated, dedicated, highly trained staff, take him into battle. And as a leader, I respectfully get the heck out of the way and let them do their job um, and coach, mentor, and and uh, maybe do a little butt kicking if needed. But um, if you pick the right people uh, and that comes to hiring and so on, but um, I'm fortunate that I've got some amazing team members that I, I uh, have the privilege to lead. And uh, I say I'm on the bottom of the pyramid. I, they work, I work for them. Um, mm. And uh, if you can approach things that way, no matter what position you're in and then uh, for those of you young people that are out there or those of you that are looking to advance your careers in emergency management or any field and discipline within our entire breadth, um, stay open-minded, stretch yourself. Um, those doors are going to open, and I would encourage you to go through those doors, whether it's training, education, that's now greater offered than more before. Uh I, we haven't had many uh, in-person exercises this year, but do everything you can to build those relationships and then find some people that you trust as mentors and help them help, let them help you get down that road. And uh, at the end of the day, it's up to you. Your career is your responsibility. Um, 100%. And it, it, you have to be a, a bit crazy to be in this business, uh, to be fully dedicated, but you never want to get down to John and Kevin and look back and go, Oh, there's nobody, they're all gone. You know, you need, you need the whole team and yeah. certainly you need to make sure you've showered for the day or, or if there was some other reason that they're not there with you. But, um, That's at funny. the end of the day, have a good plan and execute on that plan, uh, and, and leverage the talents and experiences of those team members. Um, you know, it's funny, you go to gatherings and sometimes or let's say a church or something and you say, well, turn around and shake the hand of the guy behind you. And it's like, you don't know them, but okay, I'll do that. That's fine. Uh, maybe now it's a fist bump or an arm rest, you know, mm -hmm. bump, but, um, and maybe you never talk to that person again, but I would say take a five minute break and talk to them. And wow. Um, how much you can learn. You get to know so many people and all the people behind me, they're not emergency managers, all of them. They're, 
we pull them from all over our organization and all over the state. They're accountants and analysts and office technicians and managers. I mean, and oh, by the way, the other duties that's required, that 5%, um, that's, that's this group down here that we've been activated over 400 days in the state operations center. That's historic for us. Yeah, that's historic for anybody. I mean, that's just insane. Um, again, really good call outs. I, it, you reminded me of a few different experiences. And so I'm going to back up real quick. Uh, you keep laughing. I love it. I, this is like, this is why we wanted you on here because oh, everything, everything you're saying is like this nugget of wisdom. And like what you're building right now is like this mountain of like, if you, if you literally just embody what Lee does and how he talks and how he approaches things, getting to know people, working with, with other people, gaining experience and how you gain experience. There is a reason why you, Lee, have been in so many leadership positions because you naturally infuse that. This isn't you do it effortlessly. There is zero effort in you naturally compl- complimenting people, deflecting towards the success of other people, even though you're highly successful yourself. You look at Rodney Melsick, who you're great friends with, he does the exact same thing. Rodney Melsick is the number one planner in the world. He he is absolutely no nobody's better than absolutely. him. If you ask, nobody. Yeah, if you ask and if you ask Rodney about his planning experience or his capability or the fact that he was basically the reason why the planning P and the six step process for planning is mm-hmm. standard internationally because of because of him, he will he will direct you towards everybody else. But he doesn't do it in a bashful way. It's not like he can't take mm-hmm. a compliment, but but he does it in a way of like. Yeah, of course I was involved in this, but there were so many other people. And he starts naming them by name, by the way, mm-hmm. of all the other people, yep. which you literally just did. And so it's like talking about these mountains or uh, these uh, these titans on these on this mountain of success, rather, of like people who are highly successful. Clearly you are. But you're able to say, uh, I'm supported by all these other people. And these other people are great, too. I had the problem of like, yeah, it was all me. <laughs> I'm like the super cocky guy. But yeah. like that's... Um, that's amazing that you both do that um, as well. Let me call out the. Co- I'm pretty humble. That you know, and it's two kind remarks. Thank you, but it is really your team, and the 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 hard work that they do. And um, I never want to take credit for their work, and I never do. Um, and mm-hmm. it's just like I said, staying humble. And again, man- manners matter. Like I said, and that that's part of being having integrity, having respect yes. for others, mankind. Um, especially those that you have opposite differences with and, and listening. It's a skill set that are hard, is hard for people. They like to talk a lot and I don't like to talk a lot personally. Um, now those of you, if, if you know me, that's kind of a joke because if you, if you, I don't like this at all, to be honest with you, because I, I don't get in front of cameras. I don't talk to people, but I do a lot of training. Um, and I, I just want to make people better. I want to raise people up. And be excited about this profession and the work that's being done and um, acknowledge and respect and recognize. Um, And so many of you out there, I know you're working incredibly hard and maybe you don't get the respect or recognition you deserve. But believe me, you are making a difference every single day. Um, And thank you. You know, Mm. God bless you for what you do, because. you know, gentlemen like Rodney Milsick, who is the world's greatest planner ever, um, and, and others um, that we've that I've had the privilege to get to know. Um, but if you listen, you know they say that you've got two ears and one mouth. Well, and you should listen twice as much as you speak. Mm. That's probably not a bad advice. That you know, no. if you listen, you learn. When you're speaking, you're not really learning much. You're you're espousing things, and I'm speaking too much, so I'll be quiet now. <laughs> Well, I'm actually going to contradict you. This is this is dangerous ground to con- contradict a legend. But oh, my my only thought process on speaking is if you don't know something and you want to learn, try practice teaching it to somebody else. That is a at that that's like the one time speaking is really really great for learning. It's like you don't come off as if you know it to an audience that you shouldn't speak. That happens way too much on media. Uh, as a media guy myself, right? But uh, like, it's not. I'm not talking about being a pundit. I'm talking about okay. I don't understand the purpose of 
logistics and emergency management. Let me start walking that through. And so, and then you're able to like, as you're per- participating it, then, then so participation matters for, for that. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, a good example is I'm sorry to cut you off for no. a moment, but, um, it describing instant command. And I say, look, you can use instant command to plan a wedding. Um, you can use instant command That's to true. plan your life. Um, I would encourage each of you to do a SWOT analysis on yourself and keep doing that, whether it's that or a 360 uh, analysis, whatever it may be, just to be open and honest. What are my strengths? What are my areas of improvement? I don't like to use the the weakness word because we all have things that we can grow in. Um, What are those opportunities for me to grow? And then what are the threats to prevent me from doing that? And Mm. you'd be really surprised and let alone just ask people, you know, you might have the greatest opinion of yourself but others may have a different opinion and it's kind of nice to, to get that feedback and that helps you mentally, physically, emotionally grow as well. And yeah, it's hard to hear sometimes, but um, in our business, you have to have a very thick skin. If you do are not very good at taking advice, do not get married. <laughs> That's what I, my my uh, wife is it, so kind, but but if I go to her and say, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for areas of improvement. She'll tell me. And I, I appreciate, I appreciate people who are honest like that um you're like that i i've i just over a month ago i said hey you know i'm trying to look for ways to do something better and you were like straight up uh you're like pen paper you know better better you know materials here and i was like okay gotta get that you know let's be let's be fair here hold on and i'm gonna i'm gonna throw you under the bus for a minute that's fine so so john came over uh to cal oes and to meet with me and others and you know he wanted to take some notes and uh and he, he did have paper, but <laughs> then he said, uh, oh, heck, I forgot my pen. And so I had to give him a, a pen that he still has, I think. I still it have the pen. It is a state pen, so it belongs, yeah. it belongs to the citizens of California. <laughs> That's you being a citizen. I'm borrowing um, it. I don't feel it, yeah. it wasn't a gift of state funds, uh, you know, for all of you auditors that are out there, respectfully. But the, um, Yeah, the finance pre- admin's going crazy right now. Preparedness matters, you know, yeah. but it it's... It, you know, I, I, um, are any Ron Burgundy fans out there? Oh yeah. I'm a big yeah. time. Okay. Lanolin, okay, so, New, New York. <laughs> so, so let's talk about alert warning preparedness. How many, John, tell me, I mean, I really want to know, and maybe your guests can tell me too, from their perspective, how many people in the United States today are prepared for disaster, even though respectfully we have local regional, I mean, the first seven to 10 minutes on the news Every day, wherever you watch it, now you have 24-7 news, is all about death and destruction. Yet, yeah. I would, I would challenge you to say that less than 50% of people are prepared, and they'll give you all the re- uh, reasons why they can't. Mm. Whether it's, I don't want to, it's not going to happen to me, I can't afford to. Um, and I would say for less than $50, you can initially prepare uh, for free. You can do some. But, you know, I didn't want to take this conversation off, but I yeah. did want to make sure that understanding preparedness and, and planning starts with the individual and the family. That's why CERT, uh, Community Emergency Response Team, I'm a, I have the privilege of being a CERT member here on, you know, with SAC Metro Fire. Um, I'm not too active because I'm needy in this place, yeah. but, but um, I, I hope someday to get back to, and my wife is a member too. So yeah, I mean, get involved, get engaged, and get to know your communities. Um, the internet is your friend. Uh, it's also I your enemy a, sometimes. So watch out for well, the internet. Honestly, I, I, I had a, I get a, a chance to give all the presentations here. They call me the official uh, old guy tour guide at Cal OES or, you know, the godfather of the sock, I guess it's another nickname. But um, I tried to explain to young people, look, I, when I grew up, I did not have a computer. I did not have a mobile phone. Um, I, I, I basically had pen and paper. And I took my test in college on a number, you know, on a Scantron form with a number two pencil. And when I had to call my parents, I had to make sure I had change. I had to remember the phone numbers that I called because you'd never find the phone books in the phone, you know, in the pay phones. Uh, and then, you know, I'd have to find a pay phone to call my parents, say, hey, I'm okay. And I'd call them maybe once a week. Just to, I'm still alive, mom and dad. I, I love you. Your glass um, cage but, of emotion. Your, uh... Yeah. And so... And these, well, it kind of ticked me off, to be honest with you, because I'm, I'm putting on this nice presentation. I, I've got an amazing program uh, talking about all of this. You know, my, as I kid, you know, when I start, I've got my thousand slide presentation. It's actually up to 200 slides that I can do in less than an hour. Wow. 
Um, and they all were on their phones and they were kind of paying attention. They were, uh, I, I said, okay, put your phones down. Let me tell you a story. And so, um, in this business, um, listen, when people are talking to you, you'll learn a lot and uh, people appreciate the fact that you're paying attention. And again, manners matter. Manners matter. Yeah. That's the hard thing with technology because in that experience that you shared, I was like, oh, cool. I'll just take notes on my phone. But when you start, you know, when you're looking down at your phone and you're typing, it's just like, you know, like I can't, so like taking like a, the, the, you know, a pen and paper, you know, I have a pen literally in my hand right now. I will never not hold a pen, a pen around to you, by the way, from here on out. But, uh, you know, like you, you call those out. By the way, I, I can't let this go now because you brought up two of my favorite movies. You, you brought up one of my favorite movies and you didn't bring up the other one, but uh, you remind me of it. Fletch. Um, oh, yeah. There when you, you said when you said uh, you know you're uh, look for something on their desk that you can uh, you know you can have a conversation on, I f- I forget yeah. the baseball player, so I'm just going to use Pete Rose. But uh, he's like oh, you got the the police chief of police in the movie. He's like, oh, you like chief, you know Pete Rose? He's like, yeah. He's like, I hate that guy, and he punches the picture. <laughs> Uh, it's so funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you have to be careful. You, you may have to do a little bit of, you know, walk into the water a little slowly. Well, you know, don't just dive right in unless you're thrown in. I was uh, I was at the, I was in San Francisco on Sunday and walking in their park there. And uh, a guy with uh, a Michigan shirt, um, you know, walked by and, you know, uh, so I was like, oh, hey, Michigan. He goes, yeah. I'm like, go Bucks. <laughs> He's like, oh man, come on. I'm like, hey, 20 years in a row, we keep beating you. Just saying. <laughs> so it's like, there's, there's always a way. And then you know, we had a fun conversation. Like, there's, there's always a way to like do that. But um, yeah, manners well, matter. Ease into the right? Conversation, ease into that conversation. Unless you, I mean, do you create conflict by making those comments, or do you get to know somebody a little bit before you say too much? You yeah. know, and that may help you build up that trusted relationship that you need to have. And it's across all, all areas. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good. So, okay. I've taken so many notes of things that you've been saying. Oh. I got to call these out because they're good. No. Points. You just said you were the godfather of the sock. I call Rodney. No, no, the, no. I call Rodney yeah. the godfather of planning because he's like, this, which would make you George Washington in my book. But, uh, He's the godfather of planning because even now, even after he's retired, you talk to him and he's like, yeah, I just talked to this guy at this agency, gave him some advice. I just talked to this university, gave him some advice. I I was like, Rodney, how many people are you secretly helping in their jobs right now? He can't even tell me the number. He's so many people are... He's like just sitting there in his apartment out there in Henderson, Nevada, and he's just secretly still guiding. That's the godfather which makes you George mm-hmm. Washington. You just said you're the old no. guy in the room. George Washington literally in his farewell address <laughs> wore the glasses and he's like, I'm the old guy in the room now. And that literally stopped civil unrest, if you know the story. And so that yeah. makes you George Washington. You even kind of have the same no, no, no structure as George Washington. If we're going to... Oh, Lord. If we're going to build a... Uh, no. If we're going to build a Mount Rushmore of emergency management, we got Rodney Melsick, we got Lee Dory, maybe Steven Johnson... And then I'm going to be that the other guy who's like, why am I not on the mountain? Um, but no, seriously, you, you guys are so well. I, I'm way, 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 way down on the bottom of that barrel. Way, way looking up, you know, reverent, you know, in reverence to um, those great individuals. And it really, for us, it starts locally. And so, I mean, that's what it is in California. We're a bottom up state that it's a local disaster. It starts and ends local. And um, like I said, we, we, we all come to, at this with different um, knowledge, skills, abilities, and talents. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just trying to bring that out. It's bringing out the best. It's, uh, if you're you know, a basketball team or a football team or a, a band or an orchestra, again, you want to give the, the individuals the tools that they need to do their job. So you need, as emergency managers, to be prepared, right? I mean, how many people have go kits in their cars or at home mm-hmm. uh, with, with clothes and things ready to go? Um, and then you need to, to know your team and the individuals. And, and more importantly, you need to know what they want to do. You know, I, I say, what, are, what do you want to be when you grow up? And a lot of people, oh, you know, I'm 50 years old. I should know this by now, but I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Well, hey, it's okay. And if you don't want to be an emergency manager and you'd rather be a real estate agent or something else, then gosh, go do that. Life do is that. too short not to, yeah. um, for sure. But um, when you're in this business, 
go all in, go for the brass rings, walk through those doors, um, get to know people, build those trusted relationships that have integrity, uh, have honor, have respect, um, you know, have that honesty factor. Um, that's going to help you so much and be honest with yourself to make sure that you're, you have the abilities and tools that you need. And if there's areas of improvement that you know, then, you know, close those gaps. It's just like we do in the business. What are your shortfalls? What are your gaps? You know, what, it, what are your needs basically? Yeah. And uh, like I said, you can live your life just in, in the instant of command structure uh, and be very successful at it in, in, a, in a planning preparedness potential, you know, an operational, a financial, uh, a leadership or decision-making potential. Like I said, I joke, but you can, you can plan an, a serious event using ICS. Yeah. In fact, I took ICS. I, uh, I worked for a, let's say a large tech company for a while and I implemented ICS there and organizational management and, and how to deal with that. And it was amazing how much, fa- much more smooth the operation went anytime they implemented it. Anytime they pushed back, it still stayed as chaos. So, uh, final great call out there. And, um, I I'm I might tease this to on Instagram page on our disaster tough. I'm going to see if we're uh, even allowed. We might crop your head on a George Washington uh, thing, or we might put you and don't, Rodney on the please. Mount Rushmore. No, you said you're the don't, bottom of don't. the barrel. You know what I think about that? I, the bottom of the yeah, barrel I, I, that that would make that the foundation. If oh, people like you, yeah, I'm fanboy moment for if people like you uh-huh. and Rodney and others, it's it is. So let me back up for a second because it's a compliment, but it's also really good advice for people listening. Years ago, I heard somebody talk about their personal experience in and their career. And he said, I wanted to be the best. That doesn't mean that there weren't people equal to me. I just didn't want anybody to be better than me. And he explained that like he ended up working with the cream of the crop. They were all in this top tier. That's why I come up with this tier tier idea because... Like, I don't want anybody to be better at my job than me, especially if it's assigned to me. And so I'm going to do everything I can. Kevin Coleman, definitely there. He's probably better, but let's not tell him, right? Kevin Coleman's there. Patrick McGinn, you're obviously like, you know, but these legends behind us that, that preceded us or that are helping us now mentoring us in the field. And so hopefully we can mentor others, but like, that's, that's how you become the best is all passion all the time understanding risk management, understanding what your job is. And um, when when the time comes, when other people have to rely on you, you're able to do your job, right? Like, And so that's what I try to do in every aspect of my life. If I'm going to be a husband, I'm going to be the best husband. I don't want my wife to ever look at another family and be like, oh man, he treats her way better than me. I don't want to have less manners than the person next to me, right? I don't want to be in a room and be more disrespectful. I just want to be. I just want to be the best at everything I do and in a positive way. And it only happens by being able to see people who have been doing this a little bit longer than than myself or some others. And so it's like, it's like you know, the goat Rodney, the the greatest of all time planner. Having him as a boss, having you as a as a you know, I would say a, a newer friend, you know, and mentor. Like these these things really help out. And I think it's great for our show for for the all the listeners who are who've tuned in and to hear one how do you build an emergency management agency how do you lead and how do you get people on your side especially if they're 180 degrees as you said different than you how do you pull in all these different pieces and you just gave several of those puzzle pieces on the show we could probably talk about that forever because in 30 40 years of experience of doing that successfully that's how if you want to increase your your ability in your job if you want to get to those chief level positions that's how you do it, is building relationships. And the last thing I want to want to remind people on is th- you talking about being open minded. Um, I was very lucky to get the career advice of never say no. And hilariously, I did say no to Rodney Melsick, but what he said to me was no to your no. And I was like, oh, that's a that's a boss I want to work with because that's somebody who wants to, you know, who believes in me. And so I took the job, and it was like the greatest career shift I could ever imagine at the time. Doberman's even better, I would I would imagine. Um, and and the very last piece, the very very last piece. I guess I've had that, said that a few times. I try to avoid dog analogies because of the name Doberman. Like you don't want to be like who let the dogs out. You know you don't want to be like that guy. All dogs all the time. 
However, you really wanted to sing that, didn't you? I did. I've been waiting for years yeah. to sing that. Yeah, thank oh, you. I'm a terrible you singer, but yeah. um, definitely not and the I best. Actually of that. Thought your other, I thought your other movie might be Ferris Bueller Day Days Off. That that would that was what I would think your favorite movie might be. My wife literally might die that you just said that because that is my favorite movie. Well, Fletch is my favorite movie, but like I basically modeled my entire life off of Ferris Bueller as a kid. Like he was my <laughs> idol, so. I've now made it. If you're, if you're oh. George Washington, then I'm Ferris Bueller, oh, and that tells you a lot about this Lord. relationship. But, um, I feel really old. That would make me, how, what, 290 years old? I don't know. How old would I really be? <laughs> in dog well, years, maybe. Well, the Dear Godfather died in the 70s, so uh, oh, Rodney doesn't God want to be dead Marlon either. Brando. Hey, great movie. No, no. Rodney's going to live forever. Yes, he is. Hopefully, hopefully, I mean, his legacy... He's going to be alive for the next 30 years, but his influence on emergency management will be forever. I mean, he has, yeah. he has just, changed the course. So, and John, I've told you, and I've told the other team members, when Rodney gets upset, what to do, right? You remember the secret I told you. Ramen noodles at, uh, at that Chinese restaurant uh, down the road from, from you guys, actually, our, right? Our, our Korean marketplace. Oh, yes. Korean. Wonderful, was wonderful. It was, yes. So anytime Rodney's not happy or happier... Then there you go. I'm I'm going to go pretty nerdy here for a second because we talked about Fukushima earlier, and we're going to end with yes, this, this these two thoughts. I'm going to ask you a final question, but before that, um, Kukiya Yomanai is Japanese for you can't read the air, and so what I would tell people when they were acting kind of stupid, they weren't using situational awareness. I would say Kukiya Yonde. It's like, come on, you got to read the air, right? And um, I think that's what kind of like this whole episode has been about it's like learning to read the air whatever situation it is if you're able to talk to the general as a friend if you're in a public setting how to address people how to build an emergency management agency how to get people on your side and so um it's all about reading the air here and you've done that really well um and so i just want to call that out but um what i'd like to end the show with is is a similar question i ask pretty much everybody who comes on here Based off of your perspective, your personal experience, sir, that was me being uh, using my manners. <laughs> uh, <laughs> based off of your personal experience, if you're going to talk to, if you're going to look and see in the future of emergency management, what is one thing you would like to change that will impact the future of emergency management? Um, and I'm excited to say we're doing it uh, to some degree. Um, one of the shortfalls and gaps across the United States is emergency management and preparedness is not taught in schools at a, at a young age. And um, we've just begun a wonderful program called Preparedness Ambassadors with our California Department of Education and put significant teaching materials. And uh, uh, this program will be for all fourth graders or it could be uh, exercise with sixth, eighth and 11th graders as well. And so Again, I believe that preparedness and planning starts at, at the individual level. And I would love to say that individuals will be better prepared and, and be able to plan ahead, have the tools and resources they need to respond to any incident um, that they may face as a family or their neighborhood or their uh, city or region or state. And they have the confidence uh, and ingenuity to uh, put those tools to work. So just like we do, we get to know we, we get prepared, we train, we exercise, we activate. And believe me, the ladies and gentlemen behind me that you're seeing here um, and all those of you out in the field operating, um, you are the heroes. You truly are the heroes. I, uh, I am not the hero. Uh, maybe I do feel like George Washington. But, but John, for your perspective, it's, um, it's just continuing to, to prepare, watching this field of emergency management grow. I'd love to say that things are going to slow down. But um, today, April 15th, our National Weather Service said um, fire season starts today. Mm. So we've got COVID, we've got fire season. So um, I would love to see more emergency managers come into the field. I'd love to see uh, schools at all levels, including college, teach emergency management, uh, including uh, doctorate and grad programs. Um, and I'd love to say to people, it's okay to go to public service. I think years ago it was exciting and then it kind of fell off. But Look for a career in public service. We need you. Um, if I'm George Washington and I'm, you know, but we need great people, especially young people with a lot of energy and dedication and willingness to learn, um, to come into this field 
and to help at the local, state, uh, federal levels, to help uh, if you're a military. Uh, thank you so much for your service to our country and to the state you serve. Um, if you're a healthcare professional, you know, thank you. I mean, just uh, thank you. I mean, it, it, it's, it, I know that sometimes is a, a bottomless word, but um, uh, it's just making sure that you know who you are and what you want to be and having a happy life. Um, being two thirds or more through my life, I look back on it and I'm thankful and appreciative. Um, would I like to change some things? Yes, absolutely. So, um, but I'm happy and thankful and appreciative of that. And I would just say to each of you, take an internal look at yourself, do a deep dive and find out what you want to be. And then dedicate yourself to that passion, that excitement, keep the work-life balance together. But, um, I just love to see a lot of young people and, and, uh, uh, even people of my age and greater get involved, get engaged, help volunteer, um, give back and let's try to break those barriers down and make this world a safer, better place. Let's not just say it, let's do it. Let's, let's be the champions. Um, I'll leave you with this. Um, everyone in an emergency management, as I, I believe is an ambassador. You are an ambassador for the field, but more importantly, you're an ambassador for preparedness. You're an ambassador for change. Um, and I would ask each of you and challenge each of you respectfully to go out and, and do great work and make the world a better, safer place. So studying um, the founding fathers, the reason why I called you the George Washington of emergency management, I'm not going to let you let go, oh, Lord. is because... Here's a history lesson. Yeah, it's because the reason why he was so extremely popular is because he was able to build relationships and work with people from opposing viewpoints on every every step of the way and, and to be a true leader in that aspect. And so it wasn't a comment on your age, sir. It was a comment oh, on, okay. your, on your capability. So um, what I want to end with with everybody here is if you got something out of this episode, and you should have, if you need to build relationships, if you need to build an emergency management agency, if you need to get other people on your side who are going to be different than you, you you're an emergency management, you are different. We're a bunch of weirdos. Let's get real. So like if you if you've had a, a an aha moment which you should have right you're on here because this is kind of a learning lab it's kind of a research lab that's how we're using this show if you like that please contact us and let us know we would love to be able to hear your feedback you can do that a couple different ways. You can get on our Instagram page, Disaster Tough Podcast, and leave a note or a question for Mr. Dory. We will definitely get that out to him. We get a lot of people sending us emails at info at dobermanemg.com, which we love, and we'll forward those on as needed, um, or if you want to work with us even. So that's that's great. We love having people like Mr. Lee Dory on the show because you know we're, we're able to have experts on here, and we want to keep on having experts come on the show. We want to have Lee come back on the show. So a great way to do that is to give us that five-star rating and subscribe. To let's just know that, hey, this was popular. Keep turning, tuning in. Keep showing us uh, that that uh, this this has helped you in your career. It really makes us feel special inside to be able to see that. Turn towards the, those godfathers, those uh, George, uh, you know, George Washingtons in your life. Obviously, I got that in my life. And uh, save lives. We'll see you next week. <laughs>